0: Welcome into a Locked On Crossover. It's Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Hawkeyes teaming up together as Penn State's going up against Iowa in the annual whiteout game. I'm Zach Sako and joined by Trent Condon of Locked On Hawkeyes. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself with the purchase of a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jasemedical.com. That's j-a-s-e-medical.com. And become an everyday Or Subscribe to both Locked On Nittany Lions and a Locked On Hawkeyes to keep up with what we do here uh, and keep up with all the incredible work that Trent does. Uh, Trent, are you coming in for the game? For the, Are you going to get to see the whiteout in person?
1: Uh, I'm not going to be here for this one. I've been there twice for Iowa-Penn State games. I was there for the Epic 2009, the last time the Hawkeyes played in a whiteout that, did very well for our Hawkeyes with the Adrian playborn block punt and uh, the 21-10 victory there. Came back two years later and that was one of the most boring football games of all time. Much more boring than the 6-4 game of 4 I was there for the 13-3 Penn State <laughs> victory where Iowa can not do anything offensively, just kind of a boring grinded out type of game. So, been out there a couple of times, did the RV thing uh, for one of the trips and stayed in the RV lot, which was a lot of fun. The other time we uh, drove in from Pittsburgh, stayed there Friday night, came in that morning and then slept in our car because you know what hotel rooms are in state college. So we thought, you know what? We'll just sleep it off for a couple hours and head back to Pittsburgh after that.
0: It's funny. I remember that 2009 game because that was actually the first game I attended in person. I was, oh, wow. gosh, I was about 13. That was the first game I attended in person where Penn state lost. So I, I was under the impression that I was a good luck charm because they won every single home game that I had attended. And that was the first one they lost. And that just, that, that shook me to the core. So thank you for I, that was part of it, right? That mm-hmm. Iowa has won a whiteout game before there's a bunch of other storylines that go along with it. Penn state looking for revenge. The 2021 game, the Nittany lions and, and Trent, maybe feel free to disagree. I might, mm-hmm. I, I I'm under the impression that you might have a hard time doing so, but if Sean Clifford stays in that game, doesn't get hurt. Penn state's up by double digits at that point in the game that if Roberson doesn't have to come in, Penn state does win. They stay ranked in the top 10. That was a top five matchup. That was four versus five. That was a really high-profile game. And then there was, well, Penn State's faking injuries. They're trying to slow down the offense. So from Penn State's point of view, I know that James Franklin's not saying it really out loud, but the Penn State media, the Penn State fans are are still a little ravenous over how the 2021 game just went in general between that hostility, the creating – a, a rival like setup here. Okay. Penn state's still the unrivaled school and everything like that. I get it, but Iowa, I was the 2017 game, right. Uh, mm-hmm. The shut, uh, shutting up Kinnick stadium. Like there, there is a lot of bad blood between these two programs right now.
1: A, a lot of great football that has been played too. And a lot of Epic mm-hmm. games. And that's what makes this rivalry. That's not really a rivalry, 800 miles between the two schools, yeah. but you can feel it in the fan bases. You know, one thing I know, and it's fun for us. It's fun for the narratives. It's fun at conversation piece. Mm-hmm. I've seen the online fans going after Iowa beat writers and reporters and things like that. 2021 keeps br- being brought up, but we go back to 2009. The narrative going into that football game was Iowa in 2008, knocked them out of the national championship picture. They were undefeated in November. They go into yeah. Kinnick stadium. They lose that football game and Penn state's waiting, right? They're waiting. They're going to, I was going to get what's coming to them. Revenge. Revenge angle only happens for the opening kickoff. After that, it's about playing football. So, yes, it's fun, and it's a great conversation piece. Once we get inside the 60 minutes, it really doesn't matter. And if Penn State goes out, and they win this game 27-7, to and they cruise to an easy victory, I'm sure that narrative will also be there. The players will talk about it. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. I've seen so many times where the revenge angle is used, what happened in recent history is used, and it doesn't play out. It will be said afterwards if it plays out, but that's just that 2020 hindsight that you get more than anything. It's what happens between the lines for the 60 minutes. And that's when we get into the actual football game, but you're right. The storylines, they've been a lot of fun to talk about the fan bases going back and forth. It's going to lead up to a lot of buildup for the game, which is just one of the many Epic games coming up in college football this weekend.
0: For Iowa specifically. I mean, those are just the general game storylines between this matchup of Penn state and Iowa. I like to think that the other storyline here is that I was missing 40% of it's off almost 40% of it's offensive production with the injuries to jazz Patterson and Caleb Johnson, the top two running backs. And then primarily, I just hate to see it because I've read so many good stories about him as tight end. Number one wide receiver, number one at that as well. Luke Lachey, how is Iowa adjusting with, with all of that losing just not having those guys available and then losing one of the faces of your entire team for the season.
1: It's a big blow for a team that is year after year limited offensively. And it actually went into the depths the last couple of years. And it went from mm-hmm. bad to awful the last really season and a half. And, you know, trying to build yourself out of it, you lose these kind of weapons. We saw Caleb Johnson a year ago. He sets the Iowa freshman record for rushing yards. This is a dude that had a touchdown against Nevada last year where he was up at 22 miles an hour. I mean, one of the fastest players that they have at five foot eleven, 220 pounds. He's big. He's strong, he's Mm -hmm. physical, and he didn't look right even before the injury. Well, he's your starter, and he's gone. But we saw Jazzy on Patterson, redshirt freshman from Florida, showed some juice in the running game. In fact, had the big play against Iowa State. Now he's out with an injury, an ankle injury, so he's going to be out. Now, they do have three running backs that they were really confident coming into the year. The third is uh, Caleb Johnson, or LaShawn uh, You saw him last week. LaShawn had a big performance. He was really good Mm -hmm. in that game. LaShawn Williams against Western Michigan. He doesn't have the same kind of juice, though. We're not talking about, you know, a Mm -hmm. special kind of athlete. He's just a good, solid running back. And then after that, it's a great unknown. It's two true freshmen, both played last week. TJ Washington, a more of a, you know, kind of that Swiss Army knife type of player. Best pass catcher out of the running back group. He's a guy that can get out there. You play him in the slot. Just one of those type of players. But the guy that had the two touchdowns is Moulton, young man that, looks like he's about 14 years old. I mean, he just looks little seeing him in the post game press conference and just looking and it gives you that memory again. Oh yeah. These are still 18 to 22 year old guys. Right. And you see just how young he looks, but he looked good a, a little bit there. Your question though, against this Penn state defense, can those freshmen pick up a blitz? Can they get a guy coming off the edge? Can they do those things that are so important being able to read? Are you the outlet here? Those kind of things. And to do it really for the first time in an environment like they're going to see on Saturday night, that's scary. The other guy is one that scored the late touchdown for Iowa. He's a walk-on in Max White. He actually played in the first half of the game against Western Michigan before the two freshmen. I would think if Williams needs a blow, that's the direction that they're going to go, Max White. He is a try-hard kid. He's a walk-on. He'll be in there and probably that, pick up a blitz, maybe get a carry. But for the most part, this is going to be all about LaShawn. He's going to get a bulk of these carries.
0: Yeah, and LaShawn going into, the, coming out of the Western Michigan game, I should say, Wow, 145 yards there, but only 19 prior to that. So he's got 160 plus on the season, but definitely hasn't had to handle the workload that Patterson and Johnson has, especially Johnson. So it unfortunately, if we I, I like being just neutral when it comes to college. I'm a college football fan at, at the base here, okay? Yes, I want to see Penn State succeed, but I also want to see a good football game. So to see Lachey, to see Johnson, to see Patterson not be involved here, that it really takes away from the quality of game that we could see now for from Penn State's side of it. I always got question marks about how the running game is going to go moving forward. I would say Penn state's in the, in the same case here because uh, I I guess we have it really good over here with uh, Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, but the explosive plays have not been there. And that's really been the biggest discussion is Penn state's running game. Why is it not seeing the success? Why have they not gotten better now that Singleton and Allen are not just true freshmen anymore they have the experience. The offensive line is the best that it's been in the past decade, maybe even further. And yet these guys, yes, they're averaging four to five yards of carry, and that's what you want. But the explosive plays, I mean, Singleton was ripping off 70, 80-yard touchdowns at any at any given moment. Catron Allen, it would take one or two broken tackles, but he would get 20, 30 yards into the open field. And now those guys are limited to anything that's basically under a dozen yards. So, Iowa's got its running game uh, to figure out. The Penn State, I think, has the same for different reasons. Right? Guys aren't missing. Everybody's there. The whole the whole puzzle is put together, but it doesn't look the way it should, and it is a little bit concerning. The wide receivers after Keandre Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace. If Trey Wallace is going to miss time again, who's going to be the next guy? The next guy to step up. And Iowa's secondary is very very good. Mm-hmm. Zone coverage. We know that the Hawkeyes are very good when it comes to zone coverage. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about in the key matchups there. But you need your veteran wide receivers, the few that you have, to be ready to go and readily available because the next men up just haven't lived up to the expectations through the first three games against lighter competition. Now you're going up against an Iowa team that will make you pay for big mistakes. And so I wonder what that is going to mean for the the wide receivers, but the ground game can definitely make it a little bit easier for the passing attack, particularly the wide receivers, if they can get it going. So those are just some storylines between Penn state and Iowa key matchups. I think secondary is definitely going to just overall for Iowa going to be one of the key matchups here. And Trent, Trent will agree. We're going to discuss that in just a moment. Let's hear from one of our sponsors of today's episode. And that is Jace medical. Uh, Jace Medical is is revolutionizing what it, is, what it means for medical care, and everyone should empower themselves for their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off when you use promo code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's JASEMedical.com. That's J A S E Medical.com, promo code Locked On.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: And Locked On is amping up college football coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday. So you get the chance to see another live edition of it on Friday, September 22nd, going into Whiteout Weekend, going into a big Big Ten Conference game. But only Locked On can do this with the stable of experts and analysts that we have So check it out every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, live on every Locked On College YouTube channel. Then you can find it wherever you get your podcasts as well for the Locked On College channel. So it's up on Locked On Hawkeyes. It's up on Locked On Nittany Lions. You can find it, listen to it, and get a full preview of the weekend slate of games and the storylines going into those games, like we're doing right now for specifically the Nittany Lions and the Hawkeyes. Uh, Trent, uh, the key matchups here are are very important because Penn State is going to be facing the best defense to this point all season. West Virginia offered some resistance, but it was still easy for Penn State to get by. Uh, Illinois, I, I was, I'll was, i give them this. They were scrappy. They give them everything they ha- they could handle. Jerzon Newton, Johnny Newton was a force to be reckoned with, uh, but Penn State ultimately did win the game 30-13. to It wasn't as convincing as some would have liked it to be, and the defense for Penn State really bailed them out, but uh, Illinois simply was they they were bent to a point where they had to break because the offense turned the ball over five times. That's really what it was. So Illinois' defense did give Penn State problems. Mm-hmm. And now, even though you're going into Beaver Stadium, it's the whiteout. There's a revenge factor to it. Penn State is going up against arguably one of the best defense. If Penn State has a really good defense. Michigan has a really good defense. I would throw Iowa into the mix as well as the top three defenses in all of the Big Ten Conference. So my key matchup here is how is Penn State just going to fare against a better, more disciplined, a, a feistier Hawkeyes defense?
1: That's, I think, one of the most interesting angles to this. I think we all know the, just in terms of raw talent, what mm-hmm. Drew Aller has. I mean, the dude is as talented of a quarterback as we've seen certainly prevent state and for a long time in the Big Ten. I think after Ohio State having guy after guy after guy, it's finally good to see somebody else have one Iowa was one of his first offers would have been a lot better in a Hawkeye uniform, but (laughs) Drew's over there doing his thing. You can see the talent coming through, but then you look at what 17 incompletions last week. You see got banged up late in that game. Is there a little bit of, you know, some kind of concern going into that one and doing it against this Iowa defense, because what Iowa does speaking of bend, but don't break. That's what they are, especially early in football games. It's a feeling out process. And that's where, Probably Penn State needs to get Iowa early. They need to jump out to an early 7-0 mm-hmm. lead, something like that, because when you give Phil Parker time, when you give him that opportunity, the defensive coordinator for the Hawkeyes to figure out what he's seeing and then make those adjustments, he's as good as anybody in college football at making those adjustments throughout the game. So that's going to be a big piece to this one. And is Drew confident enough? And is he ready as a young guy to mm-hmm. dink and dunk? and not go for the big play because that's what Iowa baits you into. They're just waiting for you to make that one mistake, and they're going to jump on it. They lead the country by more than 15 interceptions and the most interceptions over the last seven years in college football. They take it to a completely different level, and they do it with quarterbacks that aren't patient. Can the young quarterback for Penn State be patient? How healthy is he? Concerns still out there. That, that's something I had for you, Zach, because I certainly haven't seen much written about it this week. Has there been much talk about that injury he sustained last week, or is it just feeling he's all good?
0: I, the There's always mum in the room when it comes to Penn State and injuries, because James Franklin, uh, Kirk Ferentz, uh, went, goes out and releases a depth chart and says, hey, we're not going to have him, 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 him. They're unavailable. Penn State would never, James <laughs> Franklin would never do that. Uh, Drew Aller could have some, some secret surgery and we wouldn't know about it until, until kickoff until he's anticipated, but I, I'm not trying to speak that into existence or say that it is, it is real, but yes, he did. I, I was concerned about it. I pointed it out and we all just kind of ignored it, hit his hand on a player's helmet. I, I think it might've been Newton. Newton was pressuring Penn state all day long <laughs> when they yes, were, when the Nanny lines were on offense. Very good. He's playing on Sundays mm-hmm. and Drew Aller did go into the medical tent. It just seems to be a bruise on his throwing hand from from what I gather. But yeah, the media didn't ask about it. I didn't ask about it. I guess I'm part of the media. So we all we all failed and neglected to ask about it. But I don't think we were going to get a direct answer anyway. The most insight we got into injuries were the wide receivers, Amari Evans, Trey Wallace. They, they could have played. They could have suited up against Illinois. But they felt like they weren't 100% and couldn't contribute enough to a, a winning type of game. So I, I can respect that. You want players not win. Yes, they are, they are cleared to play, but are they going to be able to give you 100%? But Penn State needs those wide receivers back, okay? Malik McClain, Dante Cephas, the transfers are, are not making the progress they need to make at this point. Uh, James Franklin said it. DeAndre Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace are the guys. They're the two guys in, in the receiving game, and then it's just everybody else. And that's like, man, you got Cephas, who was one of the most coveted wide receivers, Mm-hmm. out of the out of the transfer portal. Malik McLean, who has all the potential in the world. What kind of progress is Liam Clifford making? What about a former 97 overall prospect, a, a very high-end four star in Caden Saunders? Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren have have been really quiet. So that that whole this and Iowa's secondary, they aren't suffocating because they play man. They're suffocating because they, like you said, They try to bait you into bad throws. And if you're not going to have your veteran wide receivers available, like a Trey Wallace who are disciplined to understand what the defensive backs are trying to do. That's why. So I think those wide receivers, the pass catchers versus Iowa secondary is a key matchup. I'll flip it over. I think Penn state's defense as a whole uh, Mm -hmm. against Cade McNamara, because McNamara isn't 100% himself. He's losing his favorite target. Yes. Eric all might be his favorite target off the field, but on the field, it's been Luke Lachey. So Eric Hall, will, I understand, will get more responsibility here. But Penn State now doesn't have to account for both of them. I don't think Iowa's receivers, the wide receivers on the outside, will be able to break away on their own. Uh, Brian Ferentz is going to have to scheme up things to try to get those wide receivers away from Kalen King and Johnny Dixon. Penn State's <laughs> si- secondary is one of the best in the nation. Uh, wow. Iowa's secondary is very, very, very good. So... It's almost like both sides of it. How is Cade McNamara going to do against Penn State's defense to go along with how's Drew Aller going to do against Iowa's defense?
1: What other angle? And you kind of look at the offense and the defense. You look at the early numbers, and they look a lot better for Penn State. But how Iowa wins football games, how they pull upsets against Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan, how they do it is they win in those little things that you don't really talk about a whole lot. And that specifically is special teams. You look back at the win. We mentioned 2009, the block punt from Claiborne and what that was. Iowa gets a defensive score or special teams. Looking just at the special teams numbers for Penn State, it feels like Iowa has a huge advantage, a massive advantage. Mm -hmm. One of the best punt returners in the country in Cooper DeGene. We've seen Wetch in the kick returner, fastest guy on the team, a little walk on from Iowa Western, and the dude has speed. Kicking game, punting game, Iowa, excellent at both of those factors. I mean, it feels like at least on paper, what I've seen is Iowa has a huge advantage there. Mm -hmm. What can you tell the Hawkeye listeners out there about these Nittany Lions special teams and a possibility of closing that gap? Because, yes, offensively and defensively, Penn State definitely has an advantage, I think, on both sides. But special teams, Iowa can close it. How much can they close it? How bad, at least from what I've seen, are these Penn State special teams?
0: Do you feel confident enough in Cade McNamara, who loses his top target, uh, the top two options at running back? He's not exactly, he can move, but he's not the most mobile quarterback in the world. He was kind of an afterthought. Michigan basically shunned him and went with J.J. McCarthy. Eric All comes with him over to Iowa. I just don't see Penn State's defense giving any slack. I think Cade uh, McNamara, it, if is going to be competitive in this game at all, it's going to be on the performance of McNamara, who's just not, he hasn't been himself, but he has struggled a little bit to this point in this Iowa offense, but I know it's still all brand new given that we're only four weeks into the season.
1: It really is. And McNamara played his worst game in a Hawkeye uniform last week. He was forcing passes. He was double clutching. He wasn't mm-hmm. trusting his reads in his eyes. He went through things. He had a wide open touchdown at the end of the half. He was late and it turned into an interception. Instead of being a touchdown and given Iowa the lead going into the half. So those are the things where McNamara, he has to play his best game, this offensive line. It was really good in pass protection. The first two weeks, took a step back last week. I think a part of that was also McNamara. And he mentioned the injury. He is getting healthier. And he said going into last week, he was as healthy as he's been. He was able to go through the full week of practice for the first time all season long. Remember, because of the knee injury, he sustained last year at Michigan. He didn't go through spring practice because he was still working his way back. Then he gets hurt in August camp and he's out for four weeks. This is a guy that hasn't got a whole lot of reps. And I do wonder last week, as he was finally starting to feel a little bit more healthy and be able to move around a little bit more. if that led to him holding the ball longer, trying to make the big play just because he was finally feeling more confident with it. At least it's a theory. We'll see if it shows up there, but back to Mira, he's played in big environments. He's been there before he's beat Penn state before him and Eric all with a late touchdown a couple of years ago. He's not going to be scared of the moment. And this guy has confidence oozing out of him, probably more confidence than the actual skill uh, comes by, but he's a leader. And, I think he's an important part of him. If he can go out there and play a solid football game, he doesn't have to throw for 300 yards. Iowa quarterbacks don't throw for 300 yards, but if he can complete 65% of his passes, make a big play or two in the passing game and just keep them moving, keep those chains going, stretch this game out. And they're going to have to do it. Something kind of ugly, right? That's the way that Mm I would, that's the blueprint of doing it. And I know well we'll get into that a little bit more when we get into our predictions.
0: Yes, we got our final segment on the way. Predictions, including a final score. What Trent and I are thinking when Penn State and Iowa line up on the football field. Before we get to that, Trent has a word from our other sponsor of today's episode, and that is FanDuel. Snap into
1: action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is super easy to use. It's one of my favorites, a wide range of betting options. Of course, the point spread. We look at Iowa Penn State this week. Nittany Lions now north of two touchdowns at 14 and a half. They have player props, over, unders, and a whole lot more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
0: And as I said before, be coming every day or to both of the shows, uh, Locked On Nittany Lines and Locked On Guys. Keep up with everything that we're doing here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But this is what everyone wants to know, right? We went into the game plan that we started to tease a little bit of the game script for for Penn State and Iowa, but official prediction time from myself, Zach Sako, and Trent Condon of Locked On Hawkeyes. Trent, uh, let's kind of no sugarcoating here. I think Penn state wins it. You mentioned the spread coming out of the, the fan duel break over two touchdowns. I think Penn state can win by two touchdowns here. Just they, they are a better team. I do worry about a Kirk Barron's coach team. They're, they're well coached. They're going to be scrappy. The secondary is still one of the best in the big Ten, one of the best in the nation. And I will give them their due credit, but, just with the untimely injuries. I I don't like, like I said, I'm just a fan of college football. I'd like to see both teams at full strength. What could they do against each other? But the matchup, losing one, number one, number two at running back, losing your best tight end, losing your best receiver, your favorite target of Cade McNamara. And Manaric all have that chemistry. Don't get me wrong, but now Penn State can bracket all. And like I said, I think the secondary for Penn State can match up individually, go island to island with these Iowa wide receivers. They're not going to be able to break off of it. Uh, The game, the way the game script is now, if I was going to get on the board, it is going to take some special teams. It's going to take potentially a defensive touchdown. I think we see Penn State's first turnover offensively of the season, maybe even multiple, maybe a, a, an interception or a fumble. Uh, Drew Aller has been very clean with the football. It's nice. It's refreshing. Sean Clifford from time to time would put that football in harm's way. Through three games, Drew Aller has not, aside from one dropped interception against West Virginia, but it was still dropped. So Drew Aller has not fumbled the football. He has not intercepted it. This Penn State offense has been very clean to this point. But Iowa, I think, is able, if they can get a turnover in plus territory, that's how they're going to score. But I just, from an offensive yard standpoint, I don't see Cade McNamara and the Hawkeyes offense moving the football at all against this Penn State defense unless they get some help from the special teams and the defense. So personally, my score prediction it's 27-6 to six, Penn State, and they win They win convincingly.
1: We're in a similar boat here. I do have Penn State winning this game, and I've talked about this week on Lockdown on Hawkeyes, the blueprint for winning this game. Need to mm-hmm. get a special teams or a defensive, if not a score, you need to do something where you get a short field, an incredible short territory. field. Yep. Yeah, getting the ball probably inside the 20-yard line if you don't get that defensive score. You look back historically, when I was what in Happy Valley, that's been a big part of it, either special teams or defense. Putting a score up on the board—that's going to be a piece of it here. Special teams—you have to dominate. It has to be where Tory Taylor is pitting Penn State deep time after time after mm-hmm. time because there's going to be plenty of punts from Iowa. Putting is winning, and we'll see if putting's winning this week. And then you have to be able to get a play or two out of that offense. Is it up the middle? That's been where Penn State's been most sustainable, uh, susceptible, excuse me, to Very giving true. up plays, running it up there. But ultimately, you put all those things together, you're asking for a lot. I just, I love this Penn State team coming into the year. I got a lot of tickets right now on FanDuel for them to win the Big Ten. <laughs> I got them to win the Big, e, big Ten East. They even got a national championship. Appreciate it. There. So uh, I, I love this team. I love the roster. I love the the tackle position. I love the defensive ends. I just up and down the roster, their defensive backfield. This is, I'm not a big Franklin game day coach. And I know I'm not alone with Penn State fans. There's plenty out there that also have those kind of things. I also believe, though, that the talent gap is just too wide here. I got Penn State winning this one
0: 24-13. Okay, so where where is I or is Iowa going to be able to move the ball offensively? Because I think also part of it, Penn State is going to force, I think there's going to be strip sack fumbles from Chop Robinson. I could see Cade McNamara giving up one, two interceptions to the Penn State defense, uh, maybe a fumble, like I said, that strip sack. I think Penn State and Iowa could potentially trade defensive touchdowns. Like, we could see one from each side, and then that's kind of the way the scoring, because... The total at forty, I think, is very high in itself. I, I don't see how these two, especially with rain in the forecast. Now it's sure. come back down. The we- weather is fun, right, uh, Trent? Where you can be completely wrong with the weather forecast, but still keep your job the next day right. uh, a- as hosts. And we try to make these predictions. People are going to be like, "Well, we can't really trust you anymore." If you're uh, if you're someone that works in weather, you can be wrong every single time, and you can sleep you can sleep pretty well at night uh, here. If I get I'm like, man, I. Did not get my prediction right. What what mm-hmm. was going on? I, I struggle with that. So I, it, must, it must be nice over there. But the, the forecast has scaled back. Okay. Uh, there does seem it. But with that being said, if Iowa doesn't have the run game
1: mm-hmm. that it
0: would like going into this game, and then there's going to be some inclement weather involved, I mean, that just really spells disaster. And we could see something. I think of the Penn State Northwestern game from a year ago. I'm not trying to compare Iowa to Northwestern, but just where the ball was on the ground all mm-hmm. the time. And nobody could move up and down the field because they were just constantly trading back and forth possessions. So it, it could be kind. of I could see somewhere in the neighborhood of five, maybe six turnovers as a whole in, in this game.
1: And that's where Iowa has their shot, right? I mean, they're going to have mm-hmm. to win the turnover battle. They're probably going to have to be plus two or better. Get that short field. Get a score. Those are the kind of things that have to happen. Mention McNamara and the two uh, interceptions that he had last week. I don't anticipate you're gonna see the same guy. I think he was a little more free-flowing against Western Michigan. He's gonna be buttoned up here. He's gonna, he's gonna to understand too that against this team, they just can't afford it. And that's the way that I was played in these games, too. You look at the way that they win a lot of these football games, it is not turning the football over. A punt at times is gonna be as good as you know, trying to make the big shot. That's how they do it. Ultimately, that's what it is. If Iowa wins the special teams, if Iowa gets a couple of big plays offensively. They don't turn it over. They force a couple of turnovers. All these things, then maybe they have a shot. But that's kind of where we are. It's it's a lot that has to happen to get to that point.
0: For Penn State's game plan, I mean, specifically, I think the way that the game's going to unfold is they sell out for the run, make uh, LaShawn Williams' day absolutely miserable, and then that translates. You bracket Eric All. you let the cornerbacks do what they do best, man-to-man coverage. You don't have to really focus as many resources about it and then try to take away Cade McNamara's first read because Cade McNamara, at least to this point, has double-clutched, has second-guessed himself, has put the football in just some interesting locations when receivers have been open, when he is going to try to test that double coverage. I think it was the one interception. Great play by Western Michigan, right? But he put that ball in harm's way when he didn't have to, but also if he had thrown it a little more to the left, that's a catch in a very well-placed football. So... If Cade McNamara is a little more healthier and is not going to make as many, I mean, that was against a Western Michigan defense. So like me sitting back and saying, well, what is Penn State going to do against uh, coming off of an Illinois defense going up against an Iowa defense? How about a Western Michigan defense going to a Penn State defense on the road? So that's why I, I like Penn State. They're just both teams are going to capitalize off of turnovers. It's just a matter of how much. And I think at the end of the day, the Nittany Lions, they, they ultimately do. They capitalize more.
1: Good stuff, yeah, Zach. Looking forward to this one. Should be a great environment, and I just love the environment that we get to see there. And now the Iowa guys. It was interesting this week hearing from them on Tuesday. It wasn't any outright, you know, saying that we're going to win the game or anything like that. But there was a little more confidence here. I thought this Iowa team would be further along at three and zero. Yes, they're undefeated, but I thought they'd be further along than they are at this point. But there was confidence. They're going out there to win a football game. They have history on their side. It's happened before with this football program. I just think this Penn state team, boy, the talents going to be fun one Saturday night.
0: He's Trent Condon of locked on Hawkeyes. I'm Zach Saco of locked on Nittany lines, becoming an everydayer or for both shows, subscribe to the locked on Nittany lines channel, the locked on Hawkeyes channel on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Also to go along with that Locked on big 10 with Craig Sheeman, who's also talking about this game and a whole lot of others on locked on big 10. Thanks for checking out this episode this podcast. Leave a like, leave a comment with your score prediction, and we'll have more Hawkeye and Nittany Lion content right here on Locked on Nittany Lions and Locked on Hawkeyes.